So welcome back. All this surprise because I was thinking that after first few texts from uh, Saint Theodoros, or maybe you say, well, it's not interesting guy. I am not interested in. So we will be less, but I see the group is even growing more. So probably he's praying for us. Very, with, with you. Okay, so we will continue and we will continue with uh, spiritual text number four. Okay. If anyone whatsoever opposes us in the fulfillment of God's commandments, even if it is our father or mother, we ought to regard him with hatred and loathing, lest we be told, he who loves father or mother or anyone else whatsoever more than me is not worthy of me well so this uh, saying uh, must be very disturbing and I think that this is one of these sayings which if somebody who didn't penetrate gospel and a spiritual life and Christian life and has some kind of like this shallow understanding of Christianity it will be disturbed because it uh, it is really not loving order or advice We have to look on those who are barrier for us. We look at them with hatred and resistance. <clears throat> and uh, this doesn't go well with, with some kind of uh, thinking of the society we are living in. Because for many years it was offered to us, like Christianity, like it is like hugging everybody and without conditions. What is true, but there are conditions which are uh, given by gospel. It doesn't mean this hatred or resistance, it doesn't mean now how we understand normally. Those people who are barrier for us in our faith those people have a special place in our heart. As, as uh, those people are people, uh, probably pray more for them than for others. Those are people we bring sacrifices for them to bring them to Christ. But this hatred or this resistance means that we don't allow them to to form or to form how we are acting in this life. We are more obedient to God than to them. You know, and uh, for sure this brings us to situations uh, which are not pleasant. And. Uh, 
I remember, you remember probably too, um, we had uh, in my second parish, there was one lady, uh, she was living alone because her children were living in, like, on the west of Slovakia, one in Bratislava, capital city. And it was one summer she was telling me, they are coming, they are coming, they are coming. After for a long time, they, they were supposed to come to visit her. And uh, so they came, and uh, it was not for a long time, it's like in Friday, Saturday, and they were supposed to live on Sunday, uh, somehow, at afternoon. I don't know what happened, but they were living like around before noon. Well, the situation was that there was a liturgy in the church, and they were there, and they were leaving. And and for her to go for liturgy was, it means to lose maybe four hours to be with them and these grandchildren and. And uh, I, I talked to, I talked to her after liturgy because she was crying during liturgy, and uh, I said, "What is going on? You know, it's, it's well, you have visit visitors, so you should be happy." And she explained me that they had to leave earlier, and she was inviting them for the church to come to the church. They refused. And they forced her, are you going to the church? You are not going to spend time with us, you know, these few hours. And she said, no, you know, if you must live, so live. So she, morning, she said goodbye to them and she went to liturgy. But, well, if you take, like, she had to walk like 20 minutes to the church to be for rosary, then liturgy, and so it, it, it took a lot of time. And it was almost visible how much pain she had in heart. For sure, sure, her heart was like full of desire to be with them. But the other side, she didn't want to skip liturgy. And she made this hard decision and her heart had to be in pain. And I think this is what Theodorus is talking about. That that we this is this this is this hatred or resistance. We are we have against other people. It means that while we are not making compromises. There is no compromise because what we are going to gain if we are friends with them? Nothing. But we are losing everything if it has impact on, uh, on uh, our spiritual life. <coughs> and, and, but this is like constant temptation for us because on one way we want to be loving 
we want to be close to others. We want to really embrace them. Uh, I, we, we want to show them love. We want to be for them, but well, there is a, some kind of line we should not cross. And, and this, 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 our firm stand is something what, what can cause pain in us. For sure, it will cause in their minds a lot of mess. They would not understand us. Even they would blame us that we are crazy, almost. But we should not be afraid to do this because this, this way is way which can touch the hearts with really huge intensity. And it, become, it can become like seed for, uh, for um, their, their uh, conversion in future, because it will cause a lot of questions. But it is way of cross. It's not easy. And one thing, another thing is that many times we will not find support for this, even among Christians. And uh, there are so many things, you know, this, this some kind of um, short messages and we can see on social media, some kind of like, um, if they are from Holy Fathers, it's great because they, they say something, but Many times you have these Christians, some kind of messages that, which are not correct, but they have this um, appearance of Christianity. Uh, it was several weeks ago, maybe months ago, uh, somebody posted there that um, young saints Young saints or saint, young saints of this time look like others, you know. And it was in this—I don't remember exactly—and but it was saying that well, that that young people who are saint, who are trying to live holy life, those are so normal like other young people, and. Um, I said, this is not true. If this is, if they, if they are like the others, so they are not saint, they are not holy. But, but, it is this this idea that we are normal, we Christians, we are normal people, like everybody others. We don't want to be like different. We somehow to want to explain to our society that well, we are not crazy people, they are normal people, we are like you are. And totally what I hate is, really I hate is that if priests say this, if they say I'm just person as you are, so then mm -hmm. if, if you say that, so it means that you are not taking your priesthood like seriously. For sure, you are, <laughs> we are the same, <laughs> but, but well, if you put away this uh, sacrament, so
so which should be serving to people to come closer to God. And if you try to say, well, I am a normal person, so it means that, well, I don't know how to explain that because it's difficult for me, but probably you understand what I mean. Yes, Patrick. If you were just like me and, and no different, then why would I go to confession and why would I go to you for spiritual develop, you know, spiritual help and things? If you're just like me, then you can't minister to me because you're, you know there's nothing different about you. There's nothing that sets you apart as somebody who can minister to me. Yeah, it's, but I think that this. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, you put it correctly. But I, I, but, but many times it goes like even deeper. I think that um, it serves many times like um, I think for priests like some kind of excuse that if I'm not trying to do the best to grow, so then I make this excuse. I'm just like you are, you know, and I'm not nothing special and everything. So it means that, uh, yes, we are, but well, it, it's expected from priests to work hard on spiritual life and growth and everything. Without that, if you don't have, you cannot give, you know? And, uh, but I, I, what I mean is, is this tendency in society to somehow to bring uh, Christianity, our Christian way of life, to some kind of unity with our almost with this world. That is something normal. We just believe in Christ. But truth is that if we believe in Christ, in believing gospel, so it is impossible uh, for us not to be separated from the world in many aspects and to be different. And we have to realize that and not to be afraid of that. Because many times we, it seems that, that we, ju we just want to be normal people. <laughs> In this normal people and, uh, and to live our faith, we are, we are afraid of to be different. But if we believe in Christ, we must be different. Because world as we know, and Christianity are opposite things. Christianity has power to somehow transform uh, society, but until it is not done, Christianity is, is, is uh, seen as something strange, because it is not from this world, and it will be never in friendship with this world. So I think that this is what he's trying to tell us that um, when he puts this like fundaments for our faith, uh, he says that, well, y y you have to be aware of that, that you are serving to God. That don't try to be, uh, don't, don't worry to be different. Don't be scared of that. And it's quite difficult.
it's very difficult. But we have to be brave and to uh, accept this possibility that we will be different and not understood correctly. And maybe they will cause us problems to others. But again, this is about not accepting this lifestyle of the world. It's not about hating those people. Those people should have, who co even cause us problems, a special place in our heart. This is our prayer time. Does somebody want to share something, Samuel? One thought that came to mind is that following God's will calls us to pursue uh, something higher. And um, so it's a, just a fact that whether, you know, whether we're talking about the priesthood or Our Lady or the angels or the saints, there are those who re have reached higher states. And uh, I think the, the enemy of our souls wants us and tempts people around us to be jealous and without even realizing it sometimes um, and try to pull pull you back down. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, many times it is. That's the, the yeah. enemy, that's the, it was the enemy's first sin was wanting to be like God and uh, hating that there would be lower creatures who would be ranked higher than I think that this is difficult. I think that maybe you are younger. I think that probably you have more experience with that. You you see this tension, uh, especially when you are still more in a community with others through schools and studying, and uh, uh, you are exposed to this tension more than those who already have families, because um, families they it is this little unit which you, we can find support and value um, our life somehow. We have own structure, you know, in families, but uh, probably you are experience this more. I guess, I mean, so I look at family life sort of from the outside in a way because I've been, you know, I'm single and divorced and I know of twice. And I think the dynamic tension I see is, I'm not sure I would know how to parent a really good ch a child that's really a, a good musician, a good athlete, because everything takes place on Sundays now. And how do I tell my child that you can play but we have to either go to church first so you miss a part of a game and how to talk to coaches and all of that and how to you know like you know just I can only imagine the agony of a parent I mean my friends who are Greek Orthodox did that maybe four or five years ago and their kids stopped playing because their parent 
had instilled that. But it, some some enemy, more of my you know, Protestant friends, they just it's like okay, well we can just live not even live stream. We can just okay, plop on Pastor Josh at six p.m. at night and listen to his sermon because it doesn't matter because yeah community is sort of this nebulous thing we're not gathered for anything beyond you know worship praise and go our own way um and not to poo poo that part of i love the praise and worship piece but just you know that part of like okay how do we teach our kids to love god um by telling them no i never experienced that you know, my parents, because when I was growing up, sports weren't played on Sundays until like two, one or two in the afternoon because the common assumption was everyone went to church. And now only 30% of the U.S. population does. So it's, it's different. Or, hey, I, you know, I got to go to church and I can't join you until like noontime for brunch, you know, those things, but still being like, why are you saying no to this? Or do you go to your cousin's wedding when it's outside of the church? Like, well, you know, those yeah. things that come up that are like, it's your, your, you know, and I've gotten so many different answers from priests and deacons on what to do with those things that, you know, it's sort of like... Confusing? Well, it is, because there's like, okay, you know, I mean, there's this challenge there, and then how is it lived out? Well, you said this correctly, you know, like in this case, there is an agony in, uh, and pain in parents' heart. You know, I was talking, about, I think, last time mm -hmm. about this experience with my son, and uh, he had to make decision to go to church or not. On the, it was not Sunday; it was feast, mm -hmm. simple feast. Mm -hmm. And he decided for church. He he knew that there would be punishment from coach. It was, and. Uh, I think that I suffered more than he. But it was my condition I gave him, and he kept this condition. But I knew that he's, he made good decision, but still I was suffering. But we have to, we have to realize that this is what we are, this is part of our life. And, uh, but it has to come from this understanding why we are doing that. You know, I think that if we are doing that for, for uh, eternal life, our children, we want them to live forever. We want them to live in Christ. So then, yes, the same thing as we suffer if they go under some kind of procedure, physical and, and doctors, painful, but we know it will bring them health. So even we go through pain, we let them to go through this experience. 
and one thing, another thing is what value is sport? We have to see uh, in the value of these activities. We have to say, well, what value does it have? You know, okay, world gives value to this, but we have to be living truth to put real value to that. And if you do this, it's if if you don't count some kind of physical physical condition they can gain through practicing, otherwise there's nothing. So so it it says many times about values of parents, mm -hmm. you know, what what kind of what they prefer, what they see as a valuable. And, and 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 but again, you said it correctly, and it, not only that, but all these things, which go under this this text, we are doing this pain. How many times we choose, or we we see that it's not correct to go somewhere because we would support sinful behavior. And we say no, even we love those people. And and we suffer because we are saying no to them, but we know we cannot do this. Because it would be dangerous for our spiritual state. Or it would be like best bad testimony. So so it is always connected with pain. It's not easy for us. And we have to be prepared for this pain. Somebody else? No. All right, so let's continue. Let us bind ourselves with all our strength to fulfill the Lord's commandments, lest we ourselves should be held by the unbreakable cords of our evil desires and soul-corrupting pleasures, and lest the sentence passed on the barren fig tree should be passed on us as well. Cut it down so that it does not clutter up the ground. For, as Christ says, whatever does not produce good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Yeah. Pretty clear text, and uh, but probably it would be good for us to realize or to to understand. What does it mean to bring good fruit? You know that how how it is understood by uh, holy fathers, and uh, when they use this, uh, may reference to to these Christ words, so we can see that they don't understand under good fruit. Uh, good deeds. It's not uh, for sure. It's part, yes, but not. It it is just part. What they understood through this fruit is holiness of life. This is good fruit we are supposed to bring. It is acquire again acquiring like purity of heart and mind. Or 
everything's covered under that. It is, they say, this good fruit is uh, gaining of knowledge of God. And um, we can find that uh, if they're talking about knowledge of God, they talk about this knowledge has like two parts. At first, we are gaining this knowledge of God through praxis. It means this is life accord faith. It means that uh, keeping commandments, uh, keeping our, or doing or executing all these ascetical means, practicing these means, fasting, read, spiritual reading, everything that helps us to grow. So praxis is all our activity which goes, which helps us to acquire pure heart and pure mind. <coughs> and uh, theoria is the second part. Theoria is it's difficult to, to explain, I, I, at least for me it is difficult. It is it is state of soul which is in some kind of contemplation of God. So it means that it is like uh, light which penetrates soul and um, we see and understand everything with clarity we didn't have before. And this is the result of this praxis. When we keep commandments, when we try to live life according to God's will, we are gaining purity, so we are entering slowly to the theory, that means to deeper and deeper contemplation of God. And, well, it is, it is like gaining more and more light through in which we can see with clarity, our life, even God. Well, we can we can really understand practice this first part because we know how to do this and we have some kind of experience. This contemplation of this theoria, uh, we can read a lot of about that, but uh, we understand it only when we come to this through our own experience. I remember oh, I remember uh, somebody wants me so badly. I'm sorry, I'm going to <laughs> turn it off. Um, I remember it was St. Joseph uh, the Hesychast he was trying to find teacher for pure prayer, this prayer of heart, and he couldn't find, and he was working hard and using all kinds of advice, practicing. And when he got this gift, this is a longer story, but I make it short. When he got this gift from God, then he said, oh, now I understand what Holy Fathers were talking about. So he, he read, he was studying that, he was trying to learn how to acquire this pure prayer. He was doing hard, but he understood it when he got it. 
The same thing is, I, so if we are, uh, we are reading this holy text and we find there this word theory of this second part of knowledge, so, well, be sure that, well, we can learn something from this text, but we need this personal experience. And we will have, because God gives this gift to everybody who, who is fighting for this understanding, for this knowledge of God. But, but the start is with fulfilling commandments, gospel commandments, trying to, to live this life in purity in all these aspects. It means fulfilling God's will. And uh, uh, there's, there's a nice, what I found, one thought, I don't remember who said this, but he, he wrote that commandments are icons of Christ. And if we keep commandments, this icon is visible in us. So we are gaining this, this, this similarity with Christ, and because, and it is not only somehow like outside, but even inside that we are uh, gaining this life in Him, which brings this light or clarity to our life, and. To explain it better, because those are quite difficult things for understanding that uh, for sure you had this experience that you were trying to somehow to increase your spirit or to make your to make your spiritual life more intensive. You were trying for a longer time, and then you realized after like three, four, five months. You look back and you realize, okay, some of some my lifestyle was changed in some aspects, maybe small ones, but something disappeared from my life. And then you realize, good, and I don't want to back. I don't want to go back. I don't want to be. And even if I would try this. What was sweet and pleasant for me at that time now is without taste. It's like nothing because we tasted something better. And, and this is the theory is when we are gaining that, it gives this clarity, not only understanding, but it really changes whole our being in the way that we don't want to go back. We just want to grow more and more, like non-stop growing with the theosis. Samuel? Oftentimes we've talked about <clears throat> wanting to um, change your life to keep the commandments requires simplicity, requires simplifying. Do we infer from that that the commandments simplify our lives? Yeah. 
it's not just simplifying and then keeping commandments. It's the commandments have that. I think that it's like this process that if you want to keep commandments, you have to simplify your life. And more you are simplifying your life, you are able to keep commandments. So it's like... That's tying that in with you saying our tastes change. Yes. that's what the, yeah. what's happening. Yeah. So it is, it is like... Uh, we were talking yesterday in our men's group, we were talking about this similar head... Um, a reflection about silence and need for silence in life. And uh, I think in discussion this came this wonderful idea that, well, uh, to transform these men's caves to space when we men can have our own moment of silence, <coughs> you know, and I like—I really—I don't know who told that, but I really—I li- still it is in my, in my mind that I like this idea very much. I actually—I was talking during this another class I had today for Slovak. I said that I am so. This our man gave me a wonderful idea. But yes, it is—it is if if, and and they like that, this idea, man. And I—I I thought that well. If you try to do this, you have to simplify. You have to adjust this man cave, man, man den, or whatever, you know, uh, in that way which would support this silence. So you are transforming something, simplifying something, and in that some kind of fruit is coming. I'm sorry, ladies, you don't have like this ladies' cave, or at least I didn't hear about that so far. Okay. They actually get the whole house. <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's. Okay. Two questions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the uh, the first one is where and how does the liturgy fit into the praxis theoria relationship? Is it like on the praxis side, or is it somehow related to both? Or I think that I think it. Uh, if you you mean mass now or well, and the divine office, like the yeah. whole the whole liturgy. Yeah. So I think the beginning it is it belongs in our practice. And then, uh, when uh, uh, more you are purify your soul and uh, mind, so it goes from practice goes to theory, because then it leads you to this contemplation. You know, uh, probably you heard Father Pio. Mm-hmm. His mass was four hours. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so probably you would not want priests who. Has theory moments <laughs> during Sunday liturgy. <laughs> so I don't know. It seems like a lot of people did, though. Yeah. What? <laughs> His masses were very popular, so it seems like some people did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I I think it's more practical. Uh, in in I would I would put it to more to this practice. Mm-hmm. Okay. But well, it is a little bit different category. It's prayer. No, but prayer is 
practice too and, and uh, prayer is changing mm -hmm. how we grow. Okay. My second question is um, I understand how praxis like leads one into theoria, but I'm wondering whether and if so how uh, theoria would lead one to further practice. Like, is it a sort of circular relationship there, or...? I, I think that if you reach Theoria, mm -hmm. it means that this process of uh, purification of heart and mind um, is, is far... Really, you are far in this process of purification of heart and mind. Yes. So. I would say that uh, let's not expect that now uh, we will um, we will help our neighbor with uh, trash and don't expect theoria to come immediately. You know mm -hmm. what I mean. Yes. Uh, so it means uh, really we have to, it, it comes. This contemplation comes when uh, we reach some kind of level of purification of heart and mind. Then uh, um, this practice is um, something that is just normal nature of our life. It's, it, um, many times uh, you can uh, the saints say that what you did before with huge effort, mm -hmm. now you are doing without effort. So it means that it is like uh, you are living this God's will without some kind of or let's say about prayer, you have to concentrate. You put, you have to put, like really effort to to pray, you know, hard, and uh, and you are tired of that. But then prayer becomes like it, it comes itself without your effort. You know, okay. yeah. does it make sense? Yes. Yeah. It's it's uh, it, it, there is. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I think the prayer is a good example that mm -hmm. uh, for now we have to really force ourselves. And, well, Ramiro told me recently that, well, now he understands, you know, that, um, that after liturgy, sometimes I, I say, I need a nap, <laughs> you know, <laughs> after the Sunday afternoon. He said, now I understand why, because really, he experienced that to serve liturgy is uh, it's really hard work mm -hmm. to keep concentration and, and uh, it's, you are really tired after. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think the same thing is if you put some kind of prayer rule to yourself and you try to be concentrated on this prayer rule, is uh, is uh, you are tired after. You know, if you are not tired. After prayer, so I would put big questions over. You know, yeah. Your, your questions reminded me something. Uh, do you remember Maggie? Yes. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. But thank you for that because Maggie was she visited our parish like a few two weeks ago. <coughs> And she asked me to say hello to everybody. 
you know, because, and you reminded me that. Good. <laughs> because well, Maggie <laughs> used to give a lot of questions, you know, and I liked this. I, I, I was self-consciously taking her role upon myself. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. And thank you, Anne, because you reminded me that I should say hello from her. Okay. <laughs> and please pray, pray for her because in these days sometime. She hasn't entered yet, but Not she's yet. entering a convent soon. Yes. Yeah. At least that is the plan, yes. So she's going to be a nun, and hopefully she will be praying for us. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, she said that, yes. <laughs> yeah. And talking about this, uh, about prayers, so Deacon Ed, you know him? He's now in Romania, and uh, uh, he was he visiting several times the grave of um, St. Paisi, who put together Philokalia, and uh, he was praying for this group and for Father David Abernes of Philokalia Ministries group to um, make this saint praise for us. Thank you, because you reminded me very important things I could not. <coughs> Let's have another text. Okay. He who gives himself to desires and sensual pleasures and lives according to the world's way will quickly be caught in the nets of sin. And sin, when once committed, is like fire put to straw, a stone rolling downhill or torrent eating away its banks. Such pleasures, then, bring complete perdition on <coughs> him who embraces them. Very clear words. I, I don't think that they need a lot of explanation or thinking, but I like this. I like this, uh, his comparison that uh, it's stone rolling downhill, you know, and I, I really it is, it is what is our experience. Then we, when we relax our attention, when we don't, we are not vigilant enough. And, uh, and many times we, we let the temptation to take us because we are, oh, this is a small thing. You know, this is nothing. But then we just how this we just we cannot protect ourselves, we just have this experience that it we are rolling down and something is pulling us down hill and and we we don't have like power to stop that until we hit the the button. And uh, again putting these this fundaments of spiritual life, he tells us that uh, we have to pay attention to, to small things. Because if not, um, then, uh, then uh, we can go down very easily, very fast. And this is why it is important to, um, to really find time for studying of spiritual life. 
what we are doing now, sort of spiritual reading of these saints and uh, works of these saints and and gospel, especially, because we have to pay attention not to lose this uh, sen sense in our in our soul towards even the smaller things, because if we don't pay attention in interaction with the world, we can easily can lose this ability to see danger immediately. Like a person who works hard with his hands uh, for, as a job, so if you touch his hands, they are like hard. And even the person has no ability to to sense like this gentle, not gentle. What's the right word for that? Delicate yeah. things, you know, and to really to recognize this this uh, small differences. Differences, yes, uh, because of this. Yes, with hands. This is like like. Uh, if you know surgeons, how they pay attention, what they are doing. They don't allow, uh, they don't do anything what would cause to lose sense in their fingers, you know, because then they, they would be not able to make these correct cuts. And the same way we have to guard this sensitivity of our or the sense of our soul to be sensitive to everything what is sinful or dangerous and and what is uh, what is uh, what can bring temptation so it is not only to say no to provocation which comes as a temptation but we have to really create uh, this environment which helps us to be sensitive to everything what can afflict our, us in that way that we would start this process rolling down. Yeah, with leading a family, it, it's amazing how it can affect a whole family. His, his leading thought is that it's when we are giving in to uh, desires or even sensual pleasures and you know sometimes you can be tempted to think that you're doing something good for your kids to allow them to indulge um, something that they would enjoy and by the time the whole event has taken place and you finally reined back all the enjoyment was taken out of what you were trying to do for them uh, because it was indulgence that there's some sort of protection God or discipline God gives to remove the pleasure that you were intending to have, and it can it can take the whole family with it until you put it put a stop to it. Yeah. But yeah, you're right, and um, I recall that what Isaac Syrian is saying, and probably it will be not. Uh, perfect in 
to exactly to set his words, but he said something like that: when your fault is small or weakness is small, take it out from your heart immediately, because if you leave it there, it will spread through all your heart, and then this will become your master, and you will become like slave. And, uh, uh, and 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 so it means that even the sounds like we would say innocent evil or even innocent sin something what doesn't have like huge significance it's art it's nothing but we have to see everything as a as a thing which has potential to make us slaves. It means take us away from promised land, like into Babylon, exile. All right. And to end, so we are not going to start another one. I think that it's enough for, for today. And only if somebody has something to share in the end or to add, Okay, so let's not be uh, disturbed that what he is saying us is really something very simple, and we know that, and because it is really important to repeat those fundamentals of spiritual life very often, because these fundamentals will keep us in good track. You know. It's impossible to become uh, holy if you neglect these basic things. It's impossible. 